0: So Peter, uh, thanks for coming. I really appreciate your time uh, here sharing with us in this podcast. Um, Like I mentioned before, hopefully this is just a pretty relaxed conversation. I'm really interested in finding out more about what you're doing for your main job and also more importantly, the side things and sort of maybe trying to figure out how you wanna reach escape velocity. So, do you mind giving a little intro about yourself like where do you live? I know I know you spend time in between multiple places or at least I think I do. Um because for for listeners, I know Peter from the Elixir community. So we sort of I've seen you online, but um but I don't actually know where you live and I think you you've been in a couple of places. So where where do you live? Where are you coming from?
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you very much for having me, Herman. Uh, I'm Pete Ulrich. I live in the Netherlands. I'm originally German, but my partner, she's from Portugal. So now I spend my time between Portugal and the Netherlands, wherever the weather is best. Um, I've been in the Netherlands now for like eight years or so. We love this country, Um, particularly for one reason, which is they're very progressive and they're very innovative and they want to be very efficient and they understand that software... Uh, is a great tool for being efficient, especially in the government sector. So that's something not many countries have understood, for example, like Germany. And yeah, well, thank you very much for inviting me to this. Yeah, we know each other mostly from Twitter, I think. I watch your yeah. your little videos about how to do things whenever <laughs> something, uh, a new update comes out, and I really appreciate it. So uh, thanks for your work there.
0: Thank you, thank you. Yeah, and likewise, I, I love your writing. I've kind of been following um, online. Um, so Peter, you work okay, you live in the Netherlands and in Portugal, wherever the weather's best. <laughs> sounds lovely, by the <laughs> way. it Sounds really nice. Yeah. Um a quick question for you is what is your what is your full time job? So like what is the thing that pays the bills right now?
1: Well, I pay my rent by working full time for remote. Um we okay. are a HRIS company. Like we do everything with HR, especially for global companies. If you want to hire, like if you have a startup or like a company in general, and you have people working abroad and you want to properly hire them with a proper contract, but you don't want to worry about the uh, legal issues in the other country, then you can use us. But also if you um, want to, you know, manage your workforce uh, in general, like you can you you can use us as well. And yeah, that's my full-time job. I work here as a senior Elixir developer backend. Um, very happy for almost two years already and it, nice. it taught me a lot about like async work and um, these kind of things. So if you want to get into that later, we can as well.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I guess while we're on the topic, really quickly, like um, I know Remote is a remote company. Yeah. <laughs> um, which makes sense. Um, how is that? You know, in a sense, like in terms of the side businesses and things you're trying to, to start or the things you've done, which we can get into in a second. How has that allowed you to to work on that, or how does like your schedule look like? Uh, your day-to-day
1: well i have a very very uh empty schedule so to say and that maybe is the reason why i I have the energy to work on my side project because if you work async and remote and you do Mm it properly and you have to because your colleagues are anywhere between brazil (laughs) and australia then you have very few sync meetings so very few Uh face-to-face meetings Uh, i only have scheduled like one hour per week that's everything okay. I have scheduled, and other people have that per day uh, minimum. Yeah, yeah. So, so, and I remember from my last job where I had many more uh, meetings like that, especially Scrum meetings, where everybody was like, "Why are we here?" But then the Scrum meet Master says, <laughs> "Yeah, well, we have to be here because Scrum dictates us to be here." <laughs> like <laughs> a lot of, say so. Yeah, a lot of these meetings where you know they just drain energy out of you. And I'm very happy I don't have those anymore. Everything is written like mostly through Slack or linear as a ticket system. Notion mm-hmm. also as a documentation system. And if you can work in your own speed, so to say, like in the morning I catch up with Slack, you know, when I don't have to think as much because I'm still waking up. And then <laughs> later on when I'm a bit more awoken, then I start writing code and do the, the heavy lifting. Then yeah. I can really like, structure my my day around how I work best. And I think that allows me to be as efficient as possible. And that also allows me to have much more energy at the end of the day than I had previously at my last companies. Got it,
0: yeah, that's awesome. So do do you, when do you do like, when do you dedicate time for your side stuff?
1: Mostly either in the morning, like after I wake up, I make a coffee and then I spend like an hour maybe on my side projects. Sometimes in the evening, but I'm not an evening evening person. Like I, um, I can't really think that straight. Yeah. Uh, so mostly also on the weekends. That's my my main time. You, you know that you know I wrote a blog. Or I still have a blog that I'm writing at my mm-hmm. website peterorick.com, and the blog posts I always publish on Sunday because Saturday <laughs> or Sunday I spend writing them. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I didn't notice that. Yeah. And uh, it's just, you know, that's one thing that I try to minimize a little bit because I felt if you just work every day, if you like work on something like that every day, it's not very sustainable in the long run because eventually Mm -hmm. it's kind of, it feels like the the juice is squeezed, you know, like there's nothing left and you just need a day to recover, to think about something completely different. Otherwise, after two or three weeks, I, I just, you know, I, I feel dry, so to say.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, I too, I'm a morning person used to be a nighttime person and I became a morning person a long time ago. And now it's, uh, it's quite difficult to, <laughs> to do things at night. It's like, you're so tired. Your brain is so, you know,
1: it, it's dead. It's really, it's just really, it's quite difficult. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, and but, then um, you can't sleep properly afterwards, and then the next morning you wake up even yes. t- more tired, so it's just a, I know, it's like a it's
0: a terrible cycle. Yeah. Yeah, but how does sure.
1: it, How does it work for you then? Like, when do you work
0: best? I do the same. I work uh, early in the morning, so it's, it's varied over time. There were times when I used to um, wake up about four in the morning and put in a couple hours if I was, like, writing or something, um, and then go to work. Uh, that was sort of when i went into work now i do f- remote work and so i typically spend the first hour or two um devoting to to um to my projects i also uh occasionally well i do i try to do investment time this is sort of a concept that i got from thoughtbot in co- my consulting days and i do independent consulting now so um i still carry that which is uh basically fridays are investment days so i can use that full day for that or with some clients i just split that um Basically, throughout the week, and I give them five days a week, but I, you know, it's like 32 hours uh, roughly um, a week. So, either way, I try to either usually do it in the morning um, because I, that's, that's my best time. That's my, that's my, you know, I want to have energy and I want to get, get in there and do the stuff. And so, um, same thing. If I wait for the end of the day, it's just not, it's just not going to happen. Plus, I have, Three kids. <laughs> so <laughs> as soon as I'm done with work,
1: you know that that becomes a priority. So I totally understand that. My my business partner and good friend Marcel Fale, He also has two kids now, and he works from I think yeah four four thirty in the morning until seven. That's mm-hmm. when he is already awake, but his kids still sleep. So that's the only spot exactly. in the time that he has for himself, really. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and you you mentioned I think I, I know your partner, your business partner. What is what's his name again? Marcel Fahle. Yeah, yeah, I think I know. I know. Him. Yeah, he's really um, active on Twitter. So yeah, yeah. Um, awesome. So why don't we dive into some of your side projects? And and I don't know which ones. I'm happy to go whatever you think is most interesting. But I have a, a list. It, it seems like a list already of your things. <laughs> and you just told me that you um you might be starting something new. So um. If you don't have a, a preference i mean let me ask you do you have a preference which one you want to start with uh no all
1: of them are fine like what's the, okay. the list? so so why don't we start with a
0: build mvp with elixir because that's something um i know that's a course and of course i i have a course and my my uh friend sam has like i guess there's courses or whatever his build ui website is is several courses now so uh, that might be very much in line with with the rest of the stuff but um yeah, wh- why did you build um that course which is called build an MVP with elixir and of course we'll add um links to all these things. But what what gave you that idea to to build that and um how is that going for you?
1: Uh, really well, um I think. So, I mean there's a little history to that because I wrote a book before, the building yeah. table views with phoenix live view that I published together with Prackproc. And that was a very small book like 60 65 pages where I just you know literally tell you how to build tables for sorting pagination filtering Uh and i like that as an exercise to write the book but everybody who writes books will tell you it really sucks the whole process (laughs) like the beginning is great because everybody's excited and then you have to do the actual work which sucks and then at the end of it everybody's excited because you're publishing and the money comes in but the whole process i mean even for my small book took like I don't know, three quarters of a year, like nine months, okay. ten months maybe. Yeah. And that was pretty fast, to be honest. If you write yeah. a, on a proper book, like a big 300-pages book, it takes two years. So that means two, two years. years in the morning, on the weekends, writing another chapter, editing the chapter and so on. So I don't know. I The thing is, before I started writing the book, I hated writing. And uh-huh. I still hate writing, even after <laughs> writing the book. <laughs> Um, but I got much better at it and, but still what I think is I'm, I'm a better speaker. I can, you okay. know, I'm, 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 a better presenter. So that's why when I had an idea about, um, building this, build, build an MVP with Elixir video course, or like the project run, I wanted to just, you know, create a, an educational, uh, source where, where beginners, but also experienced developers who have never worked with Elixir. Can get started with the language, build the, the first project, and then deploy it to fly. Monetize it with Lemon Squeezy, and just build like a whole product, you know, start to end. And right. when I when I thought about that project, I you know thought should I write another book? And I was like, nah, let's not do that again. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I uh, yeah I, I thought okay, I did some YouTube videos, I did some public speaking. Why not uh-huh. create a video course? And I had no clue about how to do that. Like I didn't I had a camera right. which kinda looked okay. I had some lights in the background. And I spent so much time just, you know, adjusting my camera and the light in the background, which <laughs> eventually was you know, it's not useful at all. But
0: it look well your setup looks good, I will say, right now. Uh thank you. Way better than mine.
1: <laughs> well, but it's just, you know, I it's also a, t- a way of procrastinating on the actual course. So like if you think, sure. Oh, I just need to order this very expensive light from Amazon and then everything will look really well. <laughs> Yeah, Let yeah, me yeah. tell you, that's not how it works, unfortunately. But <laughs> o- over the time, you, you really get into it. And then you you understand, oh, you know, and, and you watch other people on YouTube. And you watch, like, other courses. There's, uh, by, the, by the way, there's a great one. If you want to learn how to do video course, like Screencasting, it's called. It's screencasting.com. And is that the one by
0: Aaron Francis? Yes. Is that re- yeah, got it. Yeah, I saw that come through at some point on Twitter.
1: Yeah, and Aaron Francis is an amazing educator. And he makes amazing video courses. Uh, and he made God. a whole video course about how to make video courses, which is which <laughs> is amazing, matter. yeah. And I can definitely <laughs> recommend it if you want to build that. Awesome, yeah, thank you. Yeah, so just, you know, to answer your question, that's how I ended up uh, building a video course. First of all, I wanted to do something visually where, like, visually educate people or, like, a, mm-hmm. with video. Yeah. Uh, I think it's uh, also a more personal way. Like, you know, yep. you see your teacher interacting with mm-hmm. you, kind of. Yeah. Um and it, it I mean I could create it much faster than a book. Like if I would really like eventually it took me like 3 months, 4 months maybe to start until I published the video course. Wow, it was really, fast. Yeah, I pushed for it eventually, but I could have done it much faster. I spent like 2 months out of those on the on the code that I was writing, mm-hmm. which wasn't that difficult to be honest. Um okay. but then the recording and the editing that took maybe a month or two maybe. Okay. You know. H-
0: how did you go about um building that. So you recorded it all. You had the the code first, then you recorded the whole thing and then you edited the whole thing.
1: Yes, so that that's basically how I like I li- that's also how I wrote my book. Um okay. I knew the topic, like that's what you flesh out with your editor at the beginning. But yeah. then the first step is writing the code and yeah. then you see what works, what doesn't work, you know, and then I eventually you have the project and then it's just like quote unquote writing about it or recording it. Got and it. Yeah, for me, it took quite long. I could have done it faster, but I was procrastinating again, so.
0: Got it, and then you said it took you about three months. Were you working, like, do you, do you have a sense of how much you were working on that project for those three months? Like, was it a couple hours a day, or was it, like, full-blown weekends on it?
1: Well, in the beginning, it was very much just, like, in the mornings and weekends to write the code, but I didn't yeah. do it every day, maybe, like, two days a week. So, like, what, eight hours, six hours per week. Sure. And then once I had the code, I pushed for it. Like we had a long weekend here in Europe, which was like five days, and then mm-hmm. I, I recorded most of the video calls on that weekend. So, oh, nice! Yeah, <laughs> wow. It's tough. I mean, I was sitting in my office, which is not well ventilated, and it get hot. It's it gets hot. Yeah. I stood here like 10, 12 hours, just like. Recording, recording, repeating myself. Eventually, your mouth is dry. You can't talk anymore. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know that. You just want to, you know, sit on the couch and drink a beer, watch something on Netflix. Um, but yeah, I pushed through that. And then I had a second weekend after that. I had some repeated like recordings. I had to re record some things. And then the next day, I was flying to Portugal. So I had a deadline because I oh, wow. <laughs> had my setup in the Netherlands. And then on that flight already, I started editing. I just wanted to push oh, it out because it. it was before the Elixircon for Lisbon. Like I was, okay. I was flying to Lisbon for that. And I thought, okay, if I launch it like on the Elixircon for slightly after, I'm gonna have maybe the, uh, the publicity. Yeah. Eventually I decided on waiting one week because if you have such a major event, it will um, overshadow. Drown. Yeah. yeah, drown out. So I waited a week, um, but that, you know, for me, like I need deadlines like that. So I, I finished everything but also eventually I just said it's good enough just ship it and then yeah. I published it on on Gumroad um which is okay but it's not great and <laughs> that that was it like that was the Got whole it. process
0: And um how how did how did the course go for you in terms of financially like did it meet your expectations not and if you're comfortable talking about money by all means like how did it go um yeah was it financially a success in your view or or not
1: uh, well, yeah, no, I, I really, I'm happy with it. Um, okay. it was my first real product that I wanted to sell. Mm-hmm. And it's also a nice feeling because It is a higher priced product than my book my book is ten dollars the course is 100 120 euros or like 120 dollars yeah so every sale you get on the course you're immediately like oh my god like 100 euros (laughs) that's actually money you know like every (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. every book sale would be i mean i like Pro gives gives amazing um royalties you get around 50 percent. so out of ten dollars i would make five dollars but it's less exciting than a hundred for sure
0: um yeah the, vo- the volume you need for the book to be sort of a money maker is just so much higher it right? is
1: and nobody gets rich with with uh books like with books it's maybe like if you're lucky you make a twenty, thirty thousand dollars with a book like yeah. over two three years um mm-hmm. well uh, so in terms of financial my video course that's also why i chose for this format because you can sell a video course for much more money than a book yeah and the video course made in total I think Um, $11,000 that has been, what, six months now, seven months, I guess. I'm happy with it. Definitely. I could buy a new MacBook, a new camera, like new lights. (laughs) Um, But there's definitely like there are definitely learnings here. Like, first of all, in the beginning, I sold most of the my my sales were in the beginning. Like it's a. You know, right. like a high peak in the beginning, if you're lucky, and then a long tail, a very long tail. For sure, yeah. Yeah, and that long tail, you can ha- you can put little bumps in that long tail if you do marketing, you know, if you yeah. do, like, sales, if you do, uh, like, marketing on Twitter or something like that. That's something I learned about a lot and I'm still learning about, and it's exciting, yeah. too. Um, but, yeah, that's the reality of it. So if you think, oh, I'm going to make $10,000 mon- uh, every month now, that's not how <laughs> it works, <laughs> unfortunately. No, no, no.
0: Yeah, it's definitely the like a, a giant cliff, right? You the, your first day uh, did did you have like a mailing list or how did you? Because I don't think I saw it when you first launched that course. Maybe I did. I don't. I can't remember at this point. But um, yeah, did you have a mailing list or how did you launch the course?
1: Well, I told you that I didn't know anything about marketing, and that was my yeah, first yeah. mistake. Like I didn't have a mailing list. I, I had a, like my news, like my my blog posts uh, on my yeah. website. That like I have a newsletter there or like a mailing yeah. list, but I only use it for sending out notifications about blog articles. I right. send out a notification for my course as well, but it has like a hundred subscribers. It's not that amazing. Uh-huh. So yeah, that's lesson number one. If you start a project like this, um, start with a very simple landing page, have a sign up thing or, or have an existing newsletter so that you can also Do reuse you know. the subscribers in the future. Um, but that, no, yeah. So I, I published it on, on Twitter, uh, mostly Elixir forum was a great driver too. Uh, nice. my personal website, which also has like three thousand unique visitors every month. So that mm-hmm. helps to I had a couple of distribution channels, yeah. Got it. 'Cause and I and also so
0: in your website, if I remember correctly, when I read your, your blog post, there is a call out, right? Like, hey, check out my new course, right? Yeah. Um I also saw your course correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you did it something on uh some newsletters, right? Was it on yeah. Elixir Radar? Yeah and i also saw it pinned on linkedin exactly. is that right yeah okay
1: how how have those
0: marketing channels been working for you like
1: any success with those or yeah elixir raider definitely i can highly recommend that um nice. but it only works if you have a higher priced product i guess mm-hmm. so if you want to you know promote your book for 10 bucks like maybe it's like you really need to make a lot of sales there but Got it. yeah, I mean Elixir Radio, you know, I I don't think I can reveal what Hugo is taking for the sure, sure, for the yeah, ads, no, no, no. but I made like three times what I invested there. So like oh, wow. my cost for the ad, but my revenue was like three times as high. Yeah. So that was and I'm I'm doing it again now in October. There's gonna be another edition where I'm the the, the headline ad, I think he calls it. Yeah. Yeah, so that was pretty great. LinkedIn not so much, but we're still experimenting with that. I uh, right. spoke with Tiago, who's the the group manager. Yeah, he offered it to me. He came to me, and um, I think and yeah, I mean, I I got my investment back. Like what I paid for the ad, I got back. I think, but it it wasn't as uh, successful as I thought. But again, it it also depends on your ad, for example. Right. It depends on sure. the timing. But yeah, I would just say that that you know that's how. you 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 figure these things out like i I think every marketer will tell you you need to try out everything for every Mm -hmm. project again so (laughs) yeah so even if i would make a second video course i would still try linkedin i would still try all the channels because you don't know maybe like maybe the audience for your video course is different and the ad that previously didn't work for the like the audience now works because the audience fits in linkedin for example right um so, yeah, that's uh, the learning for marketing. Just, like, know the distribution channels you can use and then try every single one of them and just stick with what works. Got it. Yeah, yeah.
0: So uh, are you doing... Uh, it, I mean, obviously, because you're doing ads, um, which I haven't done, by the way, and I don't know why. I, I You know, I've seen the same things. I've seen, I see the Elixir radar. That's why I noticed these things. And um, I also spoke to Tiago uh, from LinkedIn Um but I haven't done any like paid marketing and I don't know why. It's just simply like it's not been something that I've tried thus far. Um, but it, 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 in especially with Elixir Radar, if you said you've, you know, made triple the amount of the cost or whatever, that sounds like a money making machine, right? Like if you put in a dollar there and you take out three, that sounds like a really good deal. Um,
1: yeah. But are you, again, there you have a, um, how you call that, not a sex. Sect- like at one point, everybody that could be your potential customer has seen the ad, and they bought right, your course,
0: and that's it. That's fair. You've exhausted basically the, the 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 leads there. Okay. Have you tried any other marketing? Like, are you doing any? Are you thinking at least of any other marketing?
1: Yeah. Uh, um, so right now, what I'm trying out is Reddit ads, and no. they, they work quite okay. Right? Okay. It's you know it's like with these pay pay per cl- pay per click um, advertisements, yep. it's always a gamble but it gives you so many levers so many configuration ideas and options that you can really spend a lot of time and effort on that and money <laughs> maybe that's yeah. why the company do it um, <laughs> but now with reddit it it works i think i i uh it's also tracking is another issue like make sure that you can yeah. really track things well and my issue there's is with gumroad where you don't have well really good tracking of where your uh revenue came from like, Got they it. give you a very basic breakdown, but 50% is just, like, direct or we don't know what it is, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, it. But now Reddit ads work well. Uh, I have a little project, like a little um, yeah pr- product that I built two, three years ago. It's called Letter to Yourself. Okay. Yeah, that's basically a, um, a service where you can write yourself a letter in the future. So, you write the letter on the website and then... You choose a time, and when the time comes, I send you a physical letter to your home address, and um, like a yeah time capsule. And with that project, that, that's already running for like three years. It generates mm-hmm. like a hundred dollars per month, so nothing okay. crazy. But it's something I can play around with. And I use, Interesting. yeah, I use Google Ads uh, to promote the the website. And then you really have to tweak the ad, you have to tweak the audience uh, until you get a, a good uh, click-through rate. That's what they call it, CTR. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, then you also have to make sure that your conversion on the website works. That is my issue right, right. right now. Um, but yeah, if you get all these like levers in in the right constellation, you can really make money. And then it's just like throwing more money at it, basically. Uh, yeah, yeah. If you can get that money making machine right, like that is really
0: interesting. So, so you mentioned letter to yourself, which I vaguely recall. Maybe maybe I've known maybe I've known of you for that long. But I also know you just launched an, another one, right? Is this my letter diary?
1: Yeah, that's my letter diary, which is a similar idea, but you write a journal, and then once a month, uh-huh. I send you a, a physical letter to your home address, yeah. Got it. How did that, because that, that's that's brand new, right? Yeah, but I haven't done anything about it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you have any customers for that one? I am my only customer, I think, yeah. Got it.
0: Um, and and yeah. is this a scratch-your-own-itch type of idea? Definitely. Or where did you get that I only build
1: it. it for myself. Um, my girlfriend, she lost journaling, like bullet journaling, I uh-huh. tried it physically in a physical book. It's just not for me. I don't really like handwriting or as much, but yeah. I, I type really well. And I love journaling, but on the computer or like with a keyboard at least. Right. But I hated that everything is digital, like even your memories, yeah. like something you wrote five years ago, you know, like really big live events and you journaled about them and they're just like pixels on the screen. I, I don't like that feeling. Sure. So for myself, I built my letter diary where I journal still online or digitally, but then every month I send myself a letter and have everything as a copy. And um, yeah, but what you see there is like the, the typical mistake from an indie developer where I didn't tell anybody about the project. Like I kind of <laughs> built it in secret. I launched it, but only on Twitter, like with a single tweet. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Okay. And ever since then, I haven't done anything about it. So obviously it's not a surprise that I don't have any uh, subscribers. Got it, okay.
0: Are you planning on doing anything more on that front or are you
1: sort of leaving this as is? Um, Not right now because like you will also, well, I had to learn if you work full time, um, you have very limited time and energy left and you really need to like focus it on one thing and one thing only or maybe two, but you can't do more than that. Yeah, And I said that in the beginning, my friend, Marcel Fahler, and I, we're working on a, a new product, which I will now t- talk to you about. Because, yeah, you yeah, know, <laughs> tell us about it, Because, yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, launch early. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and it's like it's a video course platform where you can sell okay. your video courses well. Okay. And it comes from my learning from my own video course. It came from my experience with Gumroad and other platforms where I just yeah. thought none of them do this like selling of video courses well enough. And mm-hmm. there, are diff- there are a couple of problems that they don't solve, which I think should be solved. For example the feedback loop of the course creator and the student. Uh-huh. With some, like Gamroad, you don't have any feedback loop unless you create your Discord ch- uh, server. Yeah, And what I want is basically, you know you know that from videos where you can create comments at certain timestamps and you ask a question and then the creator, the teacher can come back and answer it. And over yep. time, these conversations also add to the value of the video course, because new students will come in and see your questions, and then already have extra information that you know you didn't even uh, create when you created the video, uh, the, the course. Right. Like it only added, like it was, it became more valuable over time, so to say. Right. So that's one of the issues. Um, we also want to add, add AI to it, that you can easily uh, like create subtitles, create transcript maybe in the future one time um, uh, translated to other languages, like Spanish, for example, automatically. Um, And and also some things like analytics, what I said earlier, where you do marketing about your video course and you just don't know where the revenue comes from. Because you you use one of these like Podia, Gumroad, Coursera, like one of these websites, and they just don't give you the, the nitty gritty details that you know to understand which marketing channel works and which one doesn't. And we want to add plausible basically that you can use plausible in our product and it will give you all the information you need um, to really tweak your marketing uh, distribution channels.
0: Got it. So uh, this is super interesting because I I host my course on Podia and I don't like it. It's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. 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 Um, One of my biggest gripes with this, with it is the, is the pricing. Like I can't, create multiple tiers of pricing with different things. I literally have to copy over the course and uh it's just it's just bananas at this point. I like it, it it's 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 to the point that if I create another course, I think I'm gonna create my own my yeah. my own course thing just for me, not but not what you're trying to do. Um but so solely because I want to be able to differentiate like I want to create pricing tiers and be able to offer a slightly better experience. Definitely. Um but what what, what other uh, platforms have you looked at? So you mentioned Podia, you mentioned Gumroad um i I know there's teachable there's there's like there's there's so many um but i don't know which of them provide some of the things that you're looking for like community aspects or right like Podia offers comments so i have comments and i reply to them and it's okay it's not time stamped or anything like that um but uh yeah have you looked at uh, like i guess what is your aside from those features those features which i understand what you're talking about they do sound cool are you trying to differentiate on any other front or how are you like positioning yourself? That's the word I think. How how, you, how do you plan to position this so that you get sort of a, a, a foothold in the market?
1: Yeah, definitely. So what I saw when I did some market research about this is that you have like two different tiers of providers. One of them is like the fully fetched course uh, cohort teaching platform that gives you all the things to teach people uh, like udemy for example coursera um, mm-hmm. they all give you all the tools you need to do like one-on-one trainings and so on and that's great for like people who really want to invest a lot of time into their courses into the follow-up like teachings and so on and maybe have a like a recurring revenue thing where you have a class every month or so that's oh, great uh, that's like the high i would say the high support like the high touch uh platform Got it yeah and then you have cohort based right exactly That's what you're saying gotcha, yeah i mean okay. udemy you can also just buy the the course but for the creator of the course like i as a creator i still want to get the feedback and i want to help the people who buy my course and i also want that feedback to be valuable to myself right like as a knowledge base so to say right um, so what you see is like you have the high touch uh, providers and then you have okay. the low touch providers like gumroad uh, Podia, maybe two, where you have like a very basic feedback loop, like basic comments, maybe mm-hmm. like Gumroad, just a link to a Discord server, so people need to understand how Discord worked and un- install right. it and everything, and then yeah. you know it's a, it's a chat, chan- uh, like a chat. So everything that has been asked will just scroll up, and then nobody will right. ever see it again, and nobody will search for anything. So it's also kind of lost, and yeah. so that's what I call the the low touch uh, platforms. And what we want to do, we want to position ourselves in the middle of that, and we want to give you the creator the tools and the options to choose what you want to use and what you don't want to use. So you can for yourself decide how much time and effort you want to invest in that. Uh, So, for example, comments, you can disable them if you don't want them. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can create your own comments, you can make them public or make them private. yeah, and then uh, you can also you know create maybe in the future like a direct chat with your students, but you don't have to. Um, yeah. But you can also give you email so that they can reach you uh, th- uh, reach you through email. Like uh, th- there are a lot of things, and then also we have your transcript, for example, when you upload it to our platform. Like we create the entire transcript of your course, and which is. A- a, a time saver because t- creating transcripts takes so much time i know i didn't do it because i didn't find a tool where i could just upload my videos and get a, a you know text back yeah. um and then even with gumroad you have to like put it next to the video and ask people to like put these things together somehow i wouldn't even know how so oh interesting. Um, yeah so yeah, i haven't
0: used gumroad but
1: yeah it's 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 very basic but it's good for what it does which is just you upload your digital product and you sell it and yeah. that's basically what it does. And then they have like, I, I used it. I only chose for it because they allow you to watch a video in your browser instead of having to download it first. Like uh, Sand oh. Owl, uh, even Lemon Squeezy. They just allow the buyer to download the material and then they have to watch it on their computer. But yeah, oh, that's like the absolute low touch uh, thing you can have. <laughs> like there's absolutely yeah, no yeah. connection.
0: <laughs> like a Dropbox folder, you just download the thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Exactly.
1: So, yeah, we want to position ourselves in the middle, like a mid-touch platform where you can choose mm-hmm. what you want to have. And I think we can also use AI and other interesting tools for uh, allowing a lot of the support to be automatic. Like if okay. you think about your transcript, you know your transcript is the entire course, but just then a text form. Right. Like many platforms don't even allow you to search through the transcript for no. certain words. They don't allow you to uh, timestamp them. You know, so, that if you mm-hmm. read something in the transcript, you click on it and then you jump to the course to understand what the creator was saying. And yeah. then AI comes in, ChatGPT, right? Why don't you feed the transcript to the AI and then let uh, ChatGPT answer the questions to the student? And if sure. ChatGPT can't, like, the, it also comes with all the context ChatGPT has, right? So, it extends your video course. But right. if it doesn't answer a question well, the student can always say, no, I want to talk to the creator directly. And then you jump on a, on a chat with them, for example. So I think you know there are a lot of things in terms of support that we can do better. Um, and that's like one of our unique selling points, so to say. Got it,
0: okay, okay. Would you be targeting developers at the beginning, since that's your market, since that's like your, your audience, I should say? Or, um, or are you looking for any other particular well, you know creators or, or what have you uh,
1: no definitely you know you got to start where you are and what you have mm-hmm. and i think i have a, a pretty good network in the elixir and the developer uh space and marcel too and so we would focus on developers like you for example with your course mm-hmm. and other people and uh but eventually you know you have to grow bigger like you have to outgrow for sure uh the the field but software engineering is such a big topic like if you look at udemy the most video courses you will find are about software engineering. So, yeah. it's, and Udemy makes like six hundred million uh, a year. Wow. So, if we can just get like a tiny part of that, that would be that would be nice. That would be nice.
0: Yeah, and this is this would be I'm assuming a SaaS, right? Software as a service, like recurring revenue kind of thing.
1: Uh, no, actually, no. Well, we we don't know yet. I mean, we had like very uh, experienced experts, uh, telling us it's a dumb idea, but I personally like the percentage based payments better because what I also think is, um, if you look at these other, uh, um, providers that we talked about, Mm -hmm. like either they take a really high cut of your revenue, like Udemy, which takes like two thirds of your revenue. If people buy it through their, uh, catalog or they have like 40 50 a month recurring uh subscriptions sometimes even 500 dollars a month and and i think both is not great like in both ways the creator doesn't get that much money you know mm-hmm. so interesting yeah what i want to do is i want to have percentage-based uh, pricing so we're thinking like 15 to 20 percent maybe um which is slightly higher than gumroad but we also offer much 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 more than that yeah and that means like we only make money if you make money so right. we are also incentivized to promote your course well, to have a great catalog where we recommend your course, um, and and you know just to to make you as successful as we can from our side. And again, like it's also a thing where I think a lot of people, uh, if they just want to create their first video course and they don't really invest like hundreds of dollars into it and like pay for it every month for the next two years, like you know they might just not do it. They might just yeah. not create the video course. And then what we want to do is, you know, offer them a place where they can just upload it, you know, mm-hmm. even as a, like a CV kind of element, like they just link to it, and yeah. it, and and then you know we we offer them this like very uh, low barrier entry to making video courses. Got it. I I like
0: that because I I do know the the feeling of like is it you have to make that trade off at the beginning. You're like is is my course going to make enough money that I can actually even pay the hosting of my course or am I gonna to have to take it down in a year because like at that point it's just, I'm not making any money off of this. So that, that is really interesting. Um, what, what stage of the project are you in? Like, are you all building this? Or are you already, or are you still planning or researching? What Where are you at?
1: Uh, we're already building on that. Um, well, Marcel between uh, four and seven in the morning, I a little bit later. <laughs> but yeah, our plan is to have a beta where we have our own courses and then maybe also some Courses from people we know uh, yeah. by October, November probably, but towards the end of the year to okay. have like a beta where we just have a select um, select range of courses and then to see you know does it work, test all the, the things, and then next year beginning of next year we hope to go public with it.
0: Okay, cool, wow, Peter, that's awesome. Um, this might be a good a, a good place to stop it and maybe in a future. Uh, if I can if I can wrangle it from you, have you come back and and tell us how that's going.
1: Definitely. I would love to come back. Thank you so much.
0: Awesome. Well, Peter, thank you so much for your time and for chatting. Uh, Yeah, and I hope we can keep in touch. We will.
1: Thank you very much. And uh, see uh-huh. you on Twitter. My handle is PJ Ulrich, but you probably already have seen me there. And uh, my personal blog is peterolwick.com. So you can yeah. follow me there.
0: Absolutely. And we will include those in the show notes. But Peter, is there anything else you want to uh, plug in before you, you head out?
1: No, not really. Just, you know, a uh, shout out to the Elixir community in general. Uh, I just feel so good about being in this community and just feel so optimistic. And I really love contributing to this community with my books, my video courses, my products, because it's just every if everybody does their little part in it, like you making your videos, me making my videos, it will really grow into something beautiful and even bigger. So yeah, it, I feel really supported.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, thanks so much, Peter.
1: Thank you. Cheers.
0: All right.